Hello and welcome back to the True Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Gabe Timmons. I have with me... Justin, Jay, we back. Part two, baby. I have... Steve, what's up? And welcome to the show. <laughs> so, fellas, mm-hmm. this week, right. hopping right into it. Let's get it. With the shenanigans. So, I know you've all heard of the curious case of Bishop Sycamore. The Gabe. B.H. Bozo High. <laughs> the school that miraculously tricked ESPN into playing one of the top schools in the nation, IMG Academy. So, fellas, I'm going to go ahead and open it up to the floor. What are your thoughts? Hey, at first, I would say, like, I give it to them. Like, the amount of effort it takes to make a school, and you think about accreditation and stuff. Mm-hmm. You've seen it done with um, the Newmans, like Julian Newman with Prodigy Prep or... Actually, like, Gabe had an example, like, what, what was the high school called? Like, Johnson. Oh, oh no. Johnson's it's, House. It's of, yeah, it's one of these small, <laughs> small defunct schools back where I'm from. Jonathan's House. Bozo High. Yeah. yeah, like, seriously, like, like, it can be done, but all the extra things required to actually be an institution of learning, bro. Like, the amount of effort you could have made, did something like the Junior Basketball League or something where, like... It's easier to create a professional league than it is to create a school because mm. still have to learn. <laughs> like they have to graduate. Yeah, I was saying, <laughs> and like you, like you pick the worst candidates if you're talking about school. Like the sole purpose of school is learning. You pick JUCO dropouts. How do you drop out of how, bro? How do you drop out of JUCO, bro? I think the bigger question here is: first off, how did they trick? ESPN into allowing that to happen. First of all, one. Bishop Sycamore. That sounds legitimate. Right. right. But my point, my point is ESPN, there's so many schools that you could pick from that are, you know, are legitimate. How do you even end up in a situation when there's a, that there's a school with questionable accreditation? They got team the top team in the nation. And I think it's important to acknowledge that this school didn't just come up overnight. Okay. Like it's, it traces back to 2018. It's a, it's a whole timeline. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I got some, I got the data. Okay. So in Ooh, fall right. of 2018, so three years ago, Roy Johnson, who was soon to be named the head coach of uh, Bozo High, um, <laughs> founded what was called Christians of Faith Academy. Okay. Glory be to God. He had a whole mission or whatever. So it started with Christians of Faith Academy. All right. Um, and then later, the next year in 2019, the school rebranded itself to Youth Build Centurions, um, still in Columbus, Ohio. It's basically a rebranding of Christians of Faith Academy. Is the rebranding because the, the head coach has warrants out for his arrest? Uh, <laughs> only time will tell. So further on down the timeline, uh, in 2019, Youth Build Centurions was rebranded again to, uh, or actually, let me backtrack. Uh, Youth Build Centurions had a football team as well. And they had numerous players over the age of 18 on that team. So that's a red flag. Okay. Right. Um, and then in 2020, um, so last year, uh, Bishop Sycamore came to be, and they played his first recorded football game on Max Preps, losing 35-0. to zero. It's also important to, to acknowledge that they got waxed by uh, IMG. By IMG. <laughs> they got waxed. It wasn't even Twice close. Was like, IMG Soul week. Academy is a, a league feeder school. So all so, of them, or most of them go Pro, much less D1. Right. Almost all but of them go I feel D1. like if you're going to get all these JUCO dudes that are over 18, and you're going to go through all this you know, work to get on ESPN, at least put up some points. You right. feel me? Like, anyway, I digress. Horrible showing. Uh, and actually, so 
This wasn't the first time that Bishop Sycamore played IMG. They played IMG October 16, 2020 um, in their season finale. Also got waxed, lost 56-6. to six. Uh, and they finished their 2020 season 0 <laughs> and 6. All right, you know, you can't blame that solely on COVID, okay? Y'all, right. y'all suck, no. okay? Bro, how did ESPN get so, team fished, bro? Yeah. If ESPN got team fished, they didn't look, it's like, it seems like they didn't even look to see if any of this information was valid. They let them play. They were losing by 30. It's like, actually, there's no information in our database. Then why did you let them play on ESPN? And, like, and this, you is just took gets, spot. This, this is where it gets suspect. This past April in 2021, uh, Bishop Sycamore took down their school website saying it was down for maintenance. So they knew kind of the feds were watching. Whoever was kind of onto them took down their whole website. So when ESPN did their research last week, whatever, in the last few days, there was no, <laughs> there was no electronic footprint of this Bishop Sycamore high yeah, school. Yeah, retroactive freaking looking into it. So just last week, Bishop Sycamore opens its, or two weeks ago, Bishop Sycamore opened its 2021 season with a 38 to zero loss. Um, and then, Shameful. as of recently, in August uh, 29, 2021, Bishop Sycamore played IMG on ESPN, which we're all talking about right now, um, and they lost. Um, the team claimed to have multiple D1 prospects on their, on their roster, which was erroneous. Um, and not only did they get waxed, but they also got exposed. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing, <laughs> quite honestly. I mean, what, what even goes through the mind? of an individual to one, make up a fake school, and then two, decide, hey, you know what? I know I'm fraudulent, but let me go on national television and play the best football team in the nation. You know, it, it don't make no it, sense. Any of mean, that goes back, arrest, bro. I mean, like, what goes, I honestly got to think there's something off in this guy's head, honestly. And, and not I just mean, the coach, but the players. Like, I watched a <laughs> clip of them coming out the tunnel. They were hype as hell, like hooting and hollering, pumping their fists. I'm like, y'all are 25 years old. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, yeah, I'll suit up for y'all. If, if I'm Cornerback. If I'm 21, 22, and I'm playing against some 16, 17-year-old kids, <laughs> I'm not hooting and hollering coming out the tunnel. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's weird. That's weird to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. It don't make no sense, bro. Just I'm just saying, like, no it doesn't. I, I think he, the head coach thinks he's doing something good. Like, oh, this is a school. He's going to help the kids get into D1 school. But at the same time. I don't even think he think about the kids. He has honest. to because it's more profitable to start. You could have started, like, the JFA, like, Junior Football Association, and you could have made a lot more money. And if it was on ESPN, like, people would be looking into it, like, yeah, yeah, and but, it actually could have got looks and have real scouts come out. See, look, I just came up with a business idea for you. Watch, he going if he see this, he gonna take it. <laughs> no, because the athletic director got on the web and said, "Yeah, it was never about the money. I never made any money off of this." Yada yada yada. But then why yeah. do it? I, right, and I'm the kid, confused. And the kids see? say that they, they never even practice for real. Like they said that they <laughs> legit just showed up the day of the game and just played. I am bro. That sounds fun as hell. Like I'll, I'll enjoy. Bro, like, hey, Bishop Sycamore, you got to recruit right here, Justin Hart. Bro, He's about 5'10, <laughs> 210. No. Yeah, but 5'11, uh, 185. A healthy 185. Runs a 4'6, 5'40. Kicker. Kicker. Hell no. Nah. But. Hey, that yeah. sounds fun. We could. That's like. That's like a freaking old school. Like our old guy league, where you, you know, like you just suit up in full gear and you play with your friends. Like that actually sounds pretty fun. I mean, not enough. And at least you were on ESPN. You've been getting smacked. But yeah. yeah. So yeah. Hey, Justin, I'm gonna go ahead and give you the floor on this one. Uh, you were very passionate. Well, I've been waiting in for our this one. Production meeting on 
your team, the Philadelphia 76ers. And I know that uh, you have some words for, yeah, let's for get Ben Simmons. Segment. What, uh, what you got to say about Ben Simmons and him potentially leaving to go to Philly? Hey, first off, get this guy out of my city, and crumb bum. <laughs> Bro, it's like, it's been, we gave him, we gave him like three or four solid years to develop like some sort of jump shot. And he still hasn't done, I'm tired of him swishing half court shots during the off season. Like, uh, shooting, he has more three point attempts during off season summer runs than he does in the actual game. Like, let's look up the stats here. Uh, Seriously, like point one, no point one attempts, three point field goal attempts a game, bro. And even his his actually most likely comparison when we look at future projections, guess what? It went up to point three three point shot attempts a game. And at this point, yeah, it looks all glamorous. Like, like let me start with this. Ben Simmons is an elite defender. He's an elite playmaker, and he's an elite finisher. But the, one of the fundamentals of basketball is shooting the basketball. Like, if you cannot shoot, like, you shouldn't be in the league at all. That's the thing. Not, I wouldn't even say can't shoot. He won't shoot. So, yeah, the stats look – and even the stats do look good during the regular season, but his regular season stats went down. Three years ago, he was averaging 17 points a game, and then it went down to 16. Now it's 14. So he's not even scoring more. Yeah, his percentages kind of stayed the same slash went up, but that's also on less attempts. So coming going into the postseason, like if you won't shoot, like that's literally a clear weakness. And now Joel B is taking long twos, long threes that he says he does not want to take because our whole point guard cannot shoot or he refuses to shoot. So just one or two attempts a game, and he can't even do that. And we got exposed by the Hawks. Like, seriously, bro. Like, get rid of this guy. Like, we're done with him. Maybe he needs – like, we're not going to give him what he wants and go to Golden State. But, honestly, Golden State would probably be a good fit for him because if he's not going to shoot, everybody else on Golden State will. So, so, so I got a couple of things on, on specifically the Ben Simmons thing, right? So, when he first came in, was he not – did y'all not basically look at him like he was a savior uh, originally? I mean, just just a question. Did no. y'all not look at him like he was like the piece that was going to get y'all that championship? No, because that was Joe Embiid. He was never that piece. He was so, he was always that backup piece. But the thing is, we had faith that he would eventually develop a shot. Like, and obviously the the head coach, we already had discussed that he would eventually develop a shot. Okay. And, so so my point being so. If that's the case, you guys never looked at him as the number one, right? Ben Simmons no, no. was never looked at as the number one no. in your eyes, right? In my eyes, no. Okay. So if that's the case, why, why are you going so hard on the guy? I mean, like, he, he, he was – look, I'm not going to say, say that he wasn't bad in the playoffs this year or bad in the playoffs last year. You, well, you cannot say that because right. he averaged 9.9 a game right. against but, the Hawks. But my thing is, right, with all that being said – if he's not your number one guy, Embiid is your number one guy. Why are we giving him so much flack for poor performance when, you know, it's a team game. You've got all the all the players that need to come together. You've got Seth Curry. You've got uh, Harris. You have Joel Embiid. So, I mean, yeah, if Ben Simmons is having a bad night, I don't think it's fair to put all the blame and all the 
the the problems with your team on Ben Simmons and say, oh, he's a bum. He it's get, not really a bad night. Town. It's a bad postseason in general. Like, and you're a LeBron fan. You know you can't win alone in this league. Like, you need someone else to perform. And that's the thing. It's not even the fact. Like, like even minus the shooting, bro. He's an elite finisher, but guess what? He can't even make free throws. He averaged thirty three percent. Like, there's absolutely no excuse for that. If if you're not gonna be a shooter, you're gonna be a slasher. He's not Shaq. Like, you have to at least be able to make some free throws. No, but seriously, like, you need at least one more person to win. And you can't blame John B because he put up thirty two and twelve. I guess my the thing entire is, postseason. I guess my thing is like, and, and I'm not a Philly fan, so I you know I'm not as passionate yeah, uh, about this true. as you are, but. I feel like you guys are giving Ben Simmons the LeBron treatment as if he was your LeBron. We, we player did on originally, the team. but we we kind of scaled off. Right. With that. So I mean, if that's the case, man, you know, trade him, get rid of him, do whatever you're gonna do. But I don't think you have to assault his entire game. Because honestly, I think, and and a lot of people don't really consider this, mm-hmm. um, but psych- there's a lot of psychology that goes into playing sports, like. Perfect example I can think of is someone like Vernon Davis, who used to play for the uh, the 49ers mm-hmm. in football. Vernon Davis, at the, the height of his career, was an amazing tight end. But something happened along the way, and he just started dropping passes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fan response would be, oh, he's a bum. But my thing is, talent does not just disappear. So that's the same thing with Ben Simmons. I think, honestly... He's been kind of undermined in Philly a little bit, like mm-hmm. in, in the sense of his team is one foot in, one foot out in the front office as far as like whether they want him. And then on top of that, your fan base is, I'm sorry, Philly, is toxic. Like they don't, they want nothing to do with him. They call him a bum. They call him a loser. And, and this is just the last point I'm going to make. If I'm a, a player and I'm hearing all this 24-7. I'm seeing memes about people wanting to get rid of me and calling me a bum. That's going to get to my psyche eventually. And, but, but, and maybe that has something to do with his playoff performance. I think he, if he mm-hmm. gets traded to whatever team he goes to, just having less stress, he <laughs> performs back to what he was whenever you guys got him. Yeah, but that also comes down to mental toughness. Like, like I originally, my original point was... He's not a good fit for the team, and he's not a good fit for the organization. Like, we need strong-minded players. Like, sorry, if you make $100 million, I don't really feel bad if you feel bad about playing a child's game. Like, Philly fans, we have high standards, and we hold you. If The thing is, if we came to you, worship you like LeBron, we expect you to perform that way. And, like, you're letting down the t- team in key moments. Yeah. Like every like literally when the spotlight is on him. Excuse me. Nasty ass. <laughs> when the spotlight is on him, like he drops the ball. So that's why I said he's not a good like Joe B. You think about historically in the Sixers organization, AI played with nobodies. And then you think of Charles Barkley, Moses Malone. They were tough minded individuals. They didn't get psyched out by the fans. So if he's not a good fit, I think we honestly should trade him. I don't necessarily think we should give him what he wants unless it benefits us. The sack trade failed. They're not going to give us De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton for him. So we got to shop elsewhere. I guess we might be stuck with him. He's yeah. probably not going to play. I think Joe and B wants him to play, but he's probably not going to play. Hey, but speaking of, speaking of performance going down, I think we go ahead and switch over to Steve over here with uh, 
with uh, his New Cam England Ron, Patriots. <laughs> with yeah. his New England Patriots, man. Hey, so hey, and and, and I'm kind of passionate about this a little bit too. Same. Like I'm a I'm a fan of Cam Newton because I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Of course. That will always be my quarterback. I don't care what Carolina fans say. They can say he was a bum. They can say they didn't like him. There's some that will praise him, but I got nothing but good things to say about Cam Newton. In fact, I wish he was still on our team. I, I hated the way that we got rid of him. Disrespectful. But now, <laughs> your team, the New England Patriots, have done essentially the same thing. Yeah. And I get it. Mac Jones performed really well in the preseason. Um, but yeah, man, what, what's your thoughts on Cam leaving? Yeah, and I don't have as in-depth statistical analysis as Justin provided for <laughs> uh, Ben Simmons. However, I will preface by saying this. Um, I'm from New England. I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I was born in 96. So as soon as I developed a consciousness, the Patriots were winning Super Bowls, winning championships, going back to 2001, 2003, 2004. So growing up, I'm accustomed to success. I'm accustomed to winning. So obviously, I want what's best for the Patriots. Um, but that being said, I think any black football player, high school football player, middle school football player from 2010, from when Cam was at Auburn, to 2018, loved Cam Newton, right? Seeing him win, seeing him torch defenses, seeing him like, you know, maneuver, shimmy shake all around the field. Like, uh, people like us adore Cam Newton. So obviously, it's sad for me to see him go. That being said, I will say, I think. Mac Jones slightly outperformed Cam Newton during the preseason. Yeah. I'll give that to Mac Jones. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, he proved himself at, at Alabama. Obviously, Belichick and Nick, Saban's are, Nick Saban are boys. So there's that, that continuity there. Exactly. I, I just think they want that familiarity. Like, honestly, yeah. like, they want, like, another Tom Brady. That's what works for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, and there's still this stigma that the league is trying to shake off about black quarterbacks are not being as intelligent. Um, as white quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I think they want to go back to more of a traditional game. I was actually surprised they played. They actually picked up Cam Newton originally because, like, yeah, you didn't see like he fit. I was like, the same. I think most people okay. were, to be honest. Yeah. Because you think you you see like Carolina, they got rid of him and they were playing like Teddy Bridgewater. They were playing playing other quarterbacks. Don't even give me. I know, started. but I'm saying they, they were they were playing quarterbacks <laughs> other like that were similar in yeah. like athleticism. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like. I think they're trying. Even to get though back Teddy Bridgewater is a pocket passer and not so much, uh, a, you know, Teddy Bridgewater a is a crumb bum. bum. Is a bum. <laughs> hey, but he's doing he's doing wonders in Denver right no, now. No, hey, like, no, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Steve. Right. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but all I'm gonna say is, watch the Denver Broncos this season. Okay. He looks good in the preseason because look, he looked he even looked good in the preseason. Well, we didn't have a preseason, but. I mean, in, if you watch the clips from last year in practice, mm-hmm. he right, looked right. good. He looked like he was going to be a performer. A performer. Yeah. But watch, I'm telling you, when he got to play a full game, right? And, and you will see, he does not take risks. He doesn't throw down the field. I digress. But, bro, he's like Taysom Hill on yeah. the Saints, bro. Like, he like, he's decent, but he's not meant yeah. to be a, like a long-lasting, consistent quarterback. Bridge quarterback. He's in. Yeah, exactly. Bridge quarterback. Going back to the whole Cam Mac Jones thing, my only apprehension, my only fear is, and it's a common common fear with like you know high performing college quarterbacks entering the NFL. I fear that you know um, Mac Jones will start the first five games, might have a couple bad games, and then for the rest of his career, his confidence is shattered. And mm-hmm. they're having the same conversation mm-hmm. about um, Matt Leinhart. Historically, that was one. They're they're having the same yeah, conversation out of USC. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's young, and I, I would hate to see it. Right, I would absolutely hate. I to will see say, it. I will say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're having the same conversation in Chicago right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, who do we start? Andy Dalton or what's his name? Uh, Justin Fields. Right. We don't want to ruin Justin Fields' confidence. Yada yada yada. We got to prove the NFL starting quarterback in our hands. Let's start him the first couple games and see how it goes. And if he starts sucking, then you know, insert Justin Fields. So I don't. I don't mind that actually because. Uh, if anything, like this is just Andy Dalton's last chance. So he fucked up like he's pretty much done his league, at least as a starting quarterback. <laughs> and the thing is, I think that's smarter than the risk. I mean, even though as an Eagles fan, I appreciate we got Gardner Minshew, but I think it was actually a, a big risk for them that's to a, trade Gardner a, Minshew away point. and start Trevor Lawrence because that possibly could happen. Mm-hmm. That's another point, though. And I really kind of want to know how you feel about that specifically. What is the. What is the stigma everybody has with Jalen Hurts? Like, because like from what I've seen, because oh, no, no. I I what I see, from what I've seen with Jalen Hurts, he's been given a raw deal from the time he got there. Like before, like he was already like the second string. Then you throw him in mm-hmm. because your quarterback Wentz was playing poorly, and then they yank him, and then now like going into the offseason, everybody's like. Oh, he's a bum. They they they're struggling at quarterback. He's never really gotten a no full no no, no no no. This so, is the Eagles. I actually read an article back this on the, at the coming back um, from the airport um, last weekend. Like the owner Jeff um, Larray, I think or Lurie, however you pronounce Ray. that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bozos for all my for all I'm concerned. Did you peep what I said? What I said, Corey Larray. You said yeah, something like that. Well, yeah, whatever, bro. <laughs> Yeah, like um, historically, the owner, like we've always had good backup quarterbacks, and the Eagles been doing that since Randall Cunningham. Uh So once that uh, that quarterback starts to decline or they're injured, like we always have a good backup as an insurance policy. Like, okay, and I literally read a timeline from what like the 1980s till now, and you see when Nick Foles he won us a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz was arguably the MVP of that season, mm-hmm. but yeah. he only played nine games. And Nick, and the thing is, before Nick Foles, that's the thing. And you look at Don McNabb, who was a backup for someone else, and then Don McNabb was injury prone. Michael Vick came in and had the best season of his career. That Michael Vick so fell off. Nick Foles had his first best season of his career. Lost the starting job again. And now Carson Wentz was playing, got hurt. Nick Foles won us a Super Bowl. So this has been our equation for almost as long as the Eagles organization has been around. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is there's a method to the madness. Everyone's like, if Philly fans, you know, we can be sometimes toxic, yeah. like starting rumors. Oh, yeah, I heard it was between Joe Embiid and, and Ben Simmons. Like, no, like, there's a method to the madness. And okay, hey, now that you explain that, that actually makes more sense. I, get, I guess I was confused about, because, one, I'm not a Philly fan, and then, two, um, like, it just felt like Jalen Hurts just – like, like, for example, like most quarterbacks, like, uh, like a Tom Brady, like we're not talking about his backup, right? I think that's too good of an example. But At let's say like somebody like somebody like Kirk Cousins, like we're not talking about his backup, right? Like we assume going into the season, Kirk Cousins is about to start for Minnesota, right? right, right. It felt like this offseason, the main focus was the Eagles still don't have a quarterback. And I'm like, what do you mean they don't have a quarterback? They have Jalen Hurts yeah. right now. Like, are you Hurts, don't it. Are you saying he's a bum? I I don't think he's no. A the bum. Eagles I don't always think he's got had a chance. the Eagles has always have always had a uh, two quarterback system. Like yeah. historically, you look at um, Garcia, Foles, uh, even 
I think Cunningham even started as a backup at one point. Like we've Kevin Cobb. Like we've always had a decent backup because yeah. for some reason our starting quarterback always liked to get hurt. And Jalen Hurst being a you know somewhat of a mobile quarterback, not even somewhat, he is a mobile mm-hmm. quarterback. Like there is a propensity for them to get hurt, you know, at a higher percentage. So that's the thing. If obviously Jalen Hurst is in his second year, if he has some hiccups, like probably like the first four games. We'll start Garner Minshew, who has proven himself as a starter. Yeah. So I think it's a smart strategy. And reading that, I was like, oh, so that's why we do that. And speaking of backups, and this would be like the closing comment with regards to Cam and Mac Jones. Right. I think, I don't think the Patriots should have cut Cam. You know, if you're not going to start him, at least keep him around as a mentor, a locker room personality. Come on, Cam is not, Cam needs Mm. to start. I was like, that's the thing. And they knew that. Yeah. I had heard, I saw, I read somewhere that one of the concerns that they had was that. One Cam did have a big control over the locker room mm-hmm. as far as he was like, a captain. Like yeah, like people like <laughs> people respect Cam Newton. And so if you have him in that locker room, having him as a backup, they weren't sure if that role would transition. I mean, that could be politics as well. But I mean, I saw that that was instead of keeping him as a backup, a backup. Yeah, just go ahead and cut him, cut ties. I mean, it's fine. Let let one of these quarterbacks out here, like these young quarterbacks, fuck up. And Cam I don't Newton's think take Cam, spot. I don't think Cam Newton wants to be a backup. Yeah. So you know, he's. I think he has to left. And there's no to need take. to cry for him. I mean, he's still getting paid whatever his contract. Was. Not like not getting paid for the season. But so. he's right about what he said. There's not 32 quarterbacks better than him in this league. So oh, he no. needs to be a starter no. somewhere. Heck like no. give this man a shot. They, he's, he this could, is a, he, he could easily start over Andy Dalton. Right. right. Now. What about over Justin Fields? Yeah, solely off of knowledge, mm-hmm. I would say. I would say Justin Fields is, he's, he's definitely more accurate, but as far as, like, command, stuff like that, I think he would for Chicago. I'll say this. Just about I, don't think, really. I don't think black quarterbacks are giving as many chances as white quarterbacks. Like, you look at, like, a Tony Romo, yeah. even Andy <laughs> Dalton. Seriously, bro. They can. Season after season after season, and they'll still be giving a chance. You think of uh, who's the quarterback? Uh, Dak Prescott. Watch him get hurt or some shit this year. They're still gonna. Well, now I point they they overpaid him, and that's the thing. They didn't do that to Cam Newton. They didn't over. I don't think they overpaid him. That's the thing. Like white quarterbacks. I mean, are kind Cam, of Cam Newton already got chances. his big contract though. He, his big contract was with us. But I, I know what you're saying. I I get what you're saying. And I do believe there's some truth to it. Right. Um, as, st- as far as sure. starting quarterbacks. Yeah. For like, sure, for sure. You think of Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Jameis Winston was the better quarterback, especially after you yeah, get the LASIK like, Why are we surgery? even having that conversation, to be honest? Yeah. Like, Taysom Hill has started a grand total of maybe four games higher career, as opposed to Jameis Winston, who has like a two to three year body of work. Why are we even talking about He's 27, oh, right. This is a competition. Right. How is that a competition? But anyway, you know, this <laughs> I digress, man. Yeah. So, Steve, uh, you had talked about it uh, in our production. You had showed us that meme. Um, for those on YouTube, you the can thread. see the, the thread. You can see the uh, <laughs> thread. <laughs> for those of you on YouTube, you can you can see it up on the screen right now. But the cuffing season schedule is coming out, man. Yeah, man you know what I'm on, saying? It's, me, it's on the way up, man. Single types. The, 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 for you single types. Let bro. me reference you know, me the material. I can't really say much about that. But uh, Steve. Yeah, let me reference the material. Because I don't want to misquote it. So 
allegedly there's a cuffing season schedule, a timeline. Right. Okay. So starting from August 1st to 31st. So keep in mind, this period has already expired. But from August 1st to 31st is scouting. Okay. Which I think is problematic because that implies women are objects. Women are meant to be scouted. <sighs> Regardless. Regardless. It's a very objectifying of women. Anyway. So scouting season's first. Already expired. So right now, from September 1st to September 30th is the drafting season. Okay, so you've got the data, you've got the statistics on who you want to draft. And right now, uh, the draft is open. So once the draft is concluded on September 30th, 30th on October 1st, tryouts begin. Um, so from the 1st to 31st of October, uh, they have tryouts. And on Halloween, tryouts is over. Uh, the roster has been solidified. And then... From November 1st to November 30th is preseason. Okay, just like we were talking about in the last segment. Who, who's going to get the starting job? Yada, yada, yada. What's the depth chart looking like? Okay. And then from December 1st to January 15th is cuffing season. So that's what we customarily associate with cuffing season. Like you make sure to your, your girl, your main. You know what I'm saying? And then, <laughs> this work is funny. Playoffs begin January 16th through February 13th. And then the Super, uh, the Super Bowl is February 14th, the championship game. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, right? right? So some people don't make it to the championship game. Yeah, some people don't. But Steve, so it, was that, I'm sorry, was that it? That's it. That's the whole, uh, that's the whole schedule. So, I'll let so, you say what you so need Steve, to say. I'll say Steve, what I have to say. How, how's your team looking? How, how's the scouting going? Oh, right well, yeah. As, I guess as the only single person at this table. Yeah, how's um, the scouting going this year? I don't believe, like I said, I, I, don't, I, believe in, I don't believe in scouting because that's very... That that means that that accepts the fact that you're objectifying women. Mm. You're, you're putting numbers behind them. I don't believe in the numbers based approach when it comes to to dating. So you're not a thought. It, no, <laughs> I think it's problematic um, to attach numbers to women. I mean, I would like to say something about this. Just like I said last week with the zodiac, this is so god. I'm stupid, bro. What no, is my philosophy? The whole cuffing season. Okay, yes, shit, I agree with this. We, yeah. Which we, we agree upon. But it's like, do things at your own pace. Like, why would you subscribe to some something like that? Do what you feel is comfortable. Do it at your own pace. There's no seasons or nothing of that. Like, I know it's funny to joke about, but seriously, like, you should do that at your own pace, at your own time. It doesn't have to be winter. I need someone to snuggle up with. Like, is stupid bro like it's just like all right i'm a taurus i'm a libra like that's lame as hell like usually do what works with you what clicks be yourself like like if you follow any of this like you're literally this is a detriment to you like you follow any most likely it's not gonna work like you tell shorty you're you're about to be there babe you in the playoffs like you're gonna get left nah shorty you you a wild card (laughs) you a wild Oh shoot! That's see, that's problematic to me. Right. That's problematic to me. I'm sorry. Uh, yo, can I can I say this? I think y'all looking into it way too deeply, man. Like it's just, I mean, it's just a, a spoken, unheard. It's infantile. Two, that's what two it people. Is. Yes, it's childish. Yeah. It, it really is. It is. Yes, we can all agree on that. It it is a childish thought. Oh, we are I not sponsored by Vizzy, by the way. Oh Lord, I think yeah, we are definitely not sponsored this by nigga. Vizzy. But I, I think yes. we, we can all agree, yes, it is, it is childish. But I just thought it was a little funny, just seeing that somebody broke it down into a whole entire season schedule. But what, and I think that say? speaks to the broader problematic nature of millennial dating. 
Go ahead, speak on it, man. Yeah, um, right, let's go. go ahead, there's there's a separate you, thread you on this. It? Yeah. Hey, what, what's go the ahead, first go one? Ahead, man. Uh, go do you ahead, have it man. readily available, Justin? Well, for, for the for the for the folks that don't know what he's talking about, Steve ran across an article. I, I, I got one available. Uh, he ran across an article um, that speaks towards millennial dating. You know, go ahead and lead us discussion. So we can go piece by piece with this. Uh, Justin, do you want to take the first one? The, the thread is titled, Why Dating as a Millennial is So Screwed Up. Go ahead, and, Justin. And it gives five different reasons. So the first reason is ghosting as a way to end things. Seriously, I don't know why it's so hard. I think people are just cowards. Like, don't be scary if it doesn't work. I don't, it's not hard to say, this is not working. Let's end this. Like, it's, mature, it's a mature thing to do. And like, honestly, like, I feel like this is a proper way to do things like the ghosting it, the actual thread talked about this. And it was saying, like, if you actually ghosted someone in person, you'd be viewed as psychotic. <laughs> so, like, I think people people really get that phone courage. It's just like, ah, just leave them on red. Like, bro, just tell them this is not working. We should end things. And then if they have like a nutcase, like some people we know. Then you might want to block them, but yeah. And it's crazy because if you look at the last 100 years, communication has never been easier. It's yeah. at the touch of your fingers, right? And I'm saying 100 years ago, 150 years ago, you had to send the messenger out to the town square, or you know what I'm saying, right. like mail somebody, and that took days, weeks. Now I can send a message to somebody in California or in Korea or in Europe like that. It's ironic because communication is so easy, yet in 2021, it's so hard for people of our age, which I don't understand. So, yeah, I mean, Gen Zers. So, okay, first off, I don't want to get too personal. Have you guys ever ghosted? One? Yes, we all have, bro. I think we all have ghosted somebody. I mean, yeah, it, it is kind of the coward's approach, but I mean, it's, I got it's caught not, up. I, I don't think it's, I don't think that it is uh, solely millennials who have ghosted. Yes. Like with texting, if texting is your main source of communication, yes, ghosting is a thing. But I mean, like, it comes down to just, you know, talking on landline phones and stuff like that. Like, it's not like your parents yeah. not call somebody back. Yeah. You know what I mean? They may be like, oh, no, nah, I broke it off. But, you know, so is, I'm sure there was ghosting going is on. Is ghosting... Back in the would we say ghosting is solely ego based, or is there other factors to it like anxiety or no, depression? I think, I think I think it really it is is anxiety and like honestly, like I think it's cowardly and I've done it before. <laughs> okay. Like I've got caught up at the club with someone else and Shorty was like I was like, Oh shit. Shorty was like, Why did you stop texting me? I was like, The phone works both ways. Hmm. But but I should have <laughs> like I don't I'm not interested. Yeah. Like, so that's on me, but I'm talking like I had the self-awareness to actually take accountability of that. Like, that was clearly wrong, and it was an immature thing to do. But mm. I would say, like, we should try and practice. The thing is, what is the key to uh, what, what is conducive to, like, a long-term healthy relationship? Yeah. Communication. That's a big step in it. Even if it's denying someone, you should be able to clearly communicate yeah. how you feel. And we talked about that last right. week. Um, let's move on to the second slide. Uh, which talks about how as a society we are hyper focused on sex. It's like scarily available. Thoughts? Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with that for sure. I would definitely say that uh, sex and intimacy is definitely become 
the main focus and mm-hmm. what people desire in relationships. And they get so focused on that piece, which don't get me wrong, is very important. But they get so caught up in the the sex aspect of it that everything else just falls apart. Like, for example, and what I mean by this is you could be in a relationship with somebody for six months to a year, maybe even longer, with somebody that you really do not connect with Mm -hmm. intellectually or otherwise. And the reason why you're staying with them is because you're so focused on the sex. Or you never commit to stay in a relationship with somebody because you use sex as, uh, you know, there's so much of it out mm-hmm. here. Like, I don't want to stick with one specific person. So, yeah, I do agree that has definitely included thought process. Monogamous relationship. Justin, your thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I feel like some of you are really nymphos <laughs> out here. Seriously, though, because <laughs> the thing is, you think of sex and literally and figuratively like that's like the closest you can get to somebody and the thing is in the long run after you racked up how however many bodies like it's not even beneficial like you lose yeah exactly you lose that piece of yourself and that's the thing at the end of the day you thought sex was going to feel feel that um hole that you were feeling and you don't and you get depressed and it's like and the thing is once you become so focused on sex in a relationship that actually hinders Sears relationships you're trying to have. And it actually makes it less special with a partner you actually are trying to settle down with and be, be serious with. So Thanks. I would agree with the Tinder, Hinge, BLK, all that. Like, Don't even get me started about BLK. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is BLK? You should be supportive. Heard of it. What is BLK? <laughs> what, what, is, what is BLK? Uh, BLK, so it's kind of like the mobile version of Black People Meet. Which is a good site, oh, you know Jesus. what I'm saying? Like, hey, there's promising potential on us. black people meet, you know what I'm saying? But on BLK, but on BLK, uh, the quality is not as good as black people meet. And on top of that, you have white people on BLK trying to infiltrate the network somehow, and it's it's trying to fetishize, yeah, to anyway, look for ball players. What you were saying, Gabe, kind of ties into a different slide, which talks about how as a, as a generation we are overloaded with options due to things like Tinder, due to things like Hinge. And you guys are familiar with the term like option paralysis or analysis paralysis or whatever. When you have all these options, it's oftentimes hard to commit. When you can get sex from a different shorty, you know, on a different app, it's hard to commit to this one shorty on this one app. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Tell us from experience, Steve. Stop trying to like subliminally put my <laughs> life out there, bro. Because it's, it's false and it's, it's hurtful. So, Gabe, go ahead. You're about to say something? Yeah, man. As far as uh, <laughs> Justin, I'm going to throw that one to you real quick. You can go ahead and give your points off. As far and as what? As far as, as far as what? I mean, we kind of already kind of touched touched on it, but I would say um, I agree with that, what, what, what he said. But also in the same, I feel like you should be able to have somewhat a whole phase out of a relationship. I also think that's somewhat part of the process of getting over someone else. A what but phase? I, Huh? A what phase? A whole phase, Steven. I don't like that. I, I know like you that. don't, but I'm I'm still saying it. Let's but that's what you're in, let's be real. You wanna talk about putting business out there? But, <laughs> but fellas, let's go. But anyway, I do agree with that to a certain extent. With respect, with healthy, honest communication, with transparency, you should be able to not necessarily whole phase. 
let's let's use a more politically correct term: dating. You should be able to date more than one person and not feel like you're some kind of uh, misogynistic psychopath. Like that's a healthy part of finding the one. You it has to be some kind of vetting process. So, yeah, that's as far I yeah, as far as the options thing, I, I just think that. Yeah, you're right. There, with social media and with seeing so many faces, like, uh, it's kind of that. You know, honestly, when you really think about it, like relationships is kind of like, like steps to it, and it's also like growing up. Um, a lot of people are so focused on like, oh, what if I miss out on this person? What if I miss out on that person? So I'm never truly commit to anything. I feel like you can never truly develop slash like grow up essentially to become whether a man or a woman um if you're always focused like sure you know what i mean or like if you're always focused there's always more options the truth is there may be another option out there but i'm sure there are plenty of people that you've passed over that you're not going to get any better and that's just a hard just the facts right but also you don't want to be 35 and be like Hey, y'all, what's the move in the group chats? I'm trying to get on some shorties. I'm like, nigga, start a family. We have lives. <laughs> like, you do not want to be that nigga. To what, to what Gabe was saying, um, as, as a generation, we've created almost sort of a gray area um, in terms of this no-strings-attached, you know, sex. Right. Um, that's a relatively new concept to the point where a lot of, like, t- intentions get misconstrued. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, a lot of us um, are existing in that gray area, and in that gray area exists um, pain and misunderstanding and <laughs> betrayal and right. all, a whole host of emotions um, that could be avoided if, as a generation, we clearly expressed our intentions. Yeah. I got you. So, so yeah, what's, what's the next point? Um, there's one or two more slides that I want to talk about before we move on from this segment. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, and this kind of goes to what you were talking about last week, Justin, we've become content with being alone um, in the sense that like we've established our own comfort zone and our own boundaries and we're hesitant to allow people to penetrate that. You know what I'm saying? Justin, oh, yeah. do you want to yeah, expound I would say, upon that? I would that? say that like once you, once you like, you know, maybe you have a breakup or something and then you have a period of time where like you're alone and you find like some sort of activity or purpose to do while you're single, like if someone come in, say you're dating and someone comes in and they kind of like interfere with that. It's just like, Oh, like I was good by myself. Like, and it's not even the fact that, uh, you don't be in like a relationship with them. Like you just feel like they're like interfering with what you had going on. And it's almost like sometimes better if it has not even no strings, but like less strings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be left alone kind of. Mm-hmm. So like, we're not exactly dating. It's like a situation ship. It's just mm-hmm. like, we're, like I'm being respectful of you, you're respectful of me, but sometimes I want to be like left alone. And that's toxic because humans need people. Like like humans are created and they were meant to interact with other people. Um that's a relatively like new con- I'm not saying like you always got to be with a group of people. You have to be secure within yourself. But it's also he- it's also good to have like a healthy interaction with people um on a regular basis. So I was that actually uh, gets into our next segment, which is um, competition with who cares the least, which is huge. Um, I would say, like, even up to like, oh yeah, 
I'm I'm gonna text at this certain time, or I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for like a couple hours. Can't think I'm I care too much, or I'll be a simp, like, or I'm not gonna like do this or buy this for her because then I'll be labeled a simp, like. Um, and you see it all over the internet now. The the person who cares the least is in the most control in the relationship, which actually does have some truth to it, but it's also toxic because. The thing is, relationships are supposed to be a team effort. They're not supposed to be solely based on control. So it's like, ah, uh, if I pretend I don't give a f- I have more power over them. Like, relationships are not a power game. This is like a team sport. Like, and I tell my girlfriend all this all the time. You want to be an asset to a relationship, not a liability. So that, that also, I know it sounds harsh, but that also <laughs> implies like a team effort. Seriously, a team effort. Like, you don't want one person bringing it down, one person bringing it up. If you act like you don't give a fuck, like that's literally like the fundamental, the one of the fundamentals of being in a relationship is communication, open and honest communication. You pretend like you don't give a fuck, even though maybe you might do. Like that's sending out confusing signal. Yeah. Um. What do y'all think? Yeah, I just think honestly, I think a lot of this is just overthinking. Right. To be honest, and and I and I, and I definitely have done, like I've done pretty much all these things. Like, yeah, when I was younger, and, that, and that's the key thing, when I was younger, like, you know, 19, 20, you know, definitely like, oh, I don't want to text back to you. Or, you know, I don't want to think that this person is needy. And I do think there's some truth to, truth to it, essentially. And I think it all goes back to attraction. Like, you're trying to prove um, your attractiveness. You, if you are overly involved, essentially, to, it, to an extent, at a drop of a hat, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm available. And yeah, you seem it makes, desperate. It almost it yeah, but there's a point to it. Like it almost seems like you have nothing going on in your life. And yeah, that could definitely turn some people off. But the the point is I don't think you should use that logic to every mm-hmm. essentially do yeah, you're I mean, I think when people the older people get the more they're Hey, let's let's cut through all this red tape and all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Let's get to the point. Like, I'm interested in you. Are you interested in me? Right. Like, right. What are you trying to do? What Keep are your intentions? Like, we don't have time to play this whole courting. Let's get to the point. Like, yeah, I like you. Like me. So, what are you? What are your? If you're not interested if that doesn't line up. If you don't like what I do. If I don't like what you do. Sorry, so, to tie the bow on the conversation, <laughs> or I see it. let's take a moment to talk about pain. I think the last slide talks about how we um, seldom hold ourselves accountable for the pain that we cause others in relationships. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I cut shorty. Peace. Or cuffing season's over. Bye. Hot boy summer. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, rarely do we ever say, oh, dang, I actually probably hurt that person. Um, so let's talk about that a little I bit. I feel like a lot of that stems from not being yourself. People try to game their, their way, snake their way into relationships where you actually end up like might really like love that person, but eventually you're going to get exposed. Like, like literally, like if you were if trying to pretend like a person you're not and just to get into a relationship eventually you're going to slip up. You're going to end up living with that person, getting married to that person. And it's like, whoa, where is this coming from? It's like, that's because you weren't being yourself totally. So 
if you're, I guess, a more of an upfront person, caring person, and you text fast, be yourself. Do that. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you find out later, you were just, like, you know, gaming your way into a relationship and your partner finds out later that you actually, that's who you really are, they might actually not like that and it's going to end up not working. So yeah. I would say the main thing would be be yourself. Yeah. Um, I was going to say one thing. Have you, have any of you ever hurt somebody? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, and, to a certain extent. And what I was, <laughs> See, that's, that's it right there. We fail to take accountability for our ability to hurt other people. Right, but, yeah, but it's a scale to things, bro. I think, I think we're being a little too hard on ourselves. Right. Well. I, I think definitely some of it is deserved, but I guess um, my, my big takeaway with that is, you know, with time comes with change. You yeah. know what I mean? With time comes change. I think maturity. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, you become more confident the older you become. Like when you're younger, you know, you're just trying to get with as many people as you um, can because, I mean, that's kind of the environment, mm. you know, around the culture around. But the older you get, the more you realize, like, you know, that's about it. And so, you know, eventually you do become more direct, you do get more confident. Someone. what do we do? Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i think really what it comes down to is the communication part if you if you're not ready to be in a relationship or whatever um you just want to have fun whatever i think there's a way about going and yeah. saying that right hey, this is what i'm what i'm interested in. i think trouble comes when you are trying to portray something not you are playing somebody and feel like Exactly. Yeah, I see you exactly. as the one and you have no intention. And mm-hmm. I think there's a way to communicate hey, I'm not interested that and hey, maybe that that does, you know, ruin your opportunity with that one particular person, but there's tons of fish. fish to see. See, exactly. Right. There's tons of fish in the and with that being said, you know, maybe that ruins your chance on that another girl or another person whatever would appreciate yeah that's good that's good i got, <laughs> I got no more thoughts rounds complete the rounds complete on that one all right all right well hey this has been another episode of the true thoughts podcast um we appreciate you tuning in with us watching the show um go ahead justin hey um thoughts? hey first of all i would like to say thank y'all for tuning in again for your for our uh, repeat viewers I would say, if you enjoy what we have to say, uh, I would say smash that like button and then subscribe. We're only going to get better at over time, and I, we want you to continue this journey with us. If there's something you would like to see, an issue you would like to be talked about, um, put that in the comments. Like, we, we want to, our sole purpose is to entertain you guys and make money. But <laughs> <laughs> we got to make a little passive bag, you feel me? But like, like we, we want to grow with you and we're trying to get better and we actually are passionate about doing this. So we we're excited for the future. Continue to follow us, like subscribe, comment, share with your friends, mom, dad, husband, brother, sister, auntie. Um, it's been fun. Y'all we'll see you next episode. Yep. And look, be on the lookout for us on Wednesdays or excuse me, Thursdays each week. Uh, we post one episode a week, um, depending on how it goes, and depending on how you guys feel about the content. They even drop twice a week. 
And uh, yeah, just look out for what we have. That being said, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. See you next week.